0: Sec podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I will be your host. Today on the show, we have representatives from the U.S. Army Public Health Center to discuss the health of the Army Family Report. Joining us is Ms. Laura Metvovsky, the Director of Health Promotion and Wellness, Dr. Teresa Jackson-Santo, Chief of Public Health Assessment Division, and Lieutenant Colonel Virgil Rivera, a public health social worker. Welcome team to the show. If it's all right with everyone, may I use your first names? Absolutely. Yes, please. Yes, ma'am. Though I'm familiar with the Army Public Health Center, I am not as much so with its mission or that of the Health Promotion and Wellness Directorate. Laura, would you briefly give an overview for our listeners?
1: Hi, Susan. Yes, it would be my pleasure to, uh, and honor, really, to talk to you today about our organization. Um, If you, for all of your listeners out there, if you were to Google the Army Public Health Center, you would see that our organization is like the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. So I always have, when I explain our organization, I say, think the CDC. Um, The difference is that our organization is solely focused on the Army and our army partners in the DoD. And um, we really, as an organization, identify and assess current and emerging health threats. So think the pandemic right now. And then uh, developing and communicating public health solutions for everyone to be able to action, uh, which is what we're gonna talk a little bit about today with this specific report. I think that we often struggle in public health for people to understand you know, what we do. So I'm not surprised that this was your question about can you tell us a little bit more. I think normally people don't really necessarily know or hear about us unless something goes wrong, like the water supply or the air quality inside or outside businesses or foodborne diseases like you read about, you know, spinach in a bag and going bad. So that's when we become visible. And interestingly enough, when I worked in Germany for this organization and I moved back here to be at headquarters, we're just north of Baltimore, I was walking through the Baltimore airport and I saw this sign on the wall that said, public health has no boundaries. The air we breathe, the food we eat, public health impacts us all. We protect health and we save lives. So can you. So anticipating your question, I thought about that phrase. I actually took a picture of it on my phone. That's why I remember it so well. It made me think of something our former director, Mr. John Resta, used to always say, public health is a team sport. So as a military, as a nation, we all have a say and a part in protecting our resources. This organization is so dedicated to that mission. Uh, The people here at Army Public Health Center are here to ensure the safety of our Army families in every aspect of public health.
0: I know that the ATHC is well known for the Health of the Force Report, which is a yearly report that shares key information that can truly impact a soldier's readiness as well as their well being. However, this year you've expanded the reporting efforts to include the health of the Army family members. Why is this information so important to include when considering the readiness of soldiers?
1: Susan, that's a great question. Our organization has done a lot of uh, work on a product called the Health of the Force, which is a research and data on active duty soldiers. But what we found as a public health organization that there is comparatively less data and research on our army families, especially when it comes to the family health. So when our director gave us a task to look at family member health, we found that many organizations throughout the Army are focused on this effort. The G9, the Ready and Resilient Directorate, MCOM are there to support our military family. And there's a lot of really quality research out there. However, what we did notice, Dr. Santo was um, really the lead in coming up with this idea, is that we didn't have, or there wasn't a report that kind of synthesized all of this research and the publications into a single and accessible document, easy to read, easy to report, and hopefully easy to action. And it can be actioned by all different levels within our military, our leaders, program managers, policymakers, family members alike. And I think Dr. Santa will be talking about that in just a little bit. What's really exciting about this report, and really what we've referred to as our call to action, is that there was a research study done by Office of People Analytics, and bottom line, the research found that family and spouse satisfaction with military life, so spousal support for the military member staying in the military, was a key predictor on influencing whether that person actually stayed in the military, whether that soldier stayed in the military. So, to your question, how does this actually go to readiness and retention well (laughs) there you go if a spouse is not satisfied with military life that soldier is likely not to stay in the military so this is directly related to readiness and retention of our military force and that was i mean any family member listening is saying no doubt, laura (laughs) but we found like that to be super exciting in terms of how we were going to address this whole report. And of course, there's a huge quality of life effort going on right now in our Army being led by G9 and all different aspects of the Army organizations are focused on that. So this report is a compilation of a lot of the research and publications that are out and then with actionable recommendations. And if I could just add one more thing, so I know we don't have a lot of time, but you know, Army families' experiences in the military are critically linked to all of the support and retention that, as I mentioned before. So even though our army offers attractive benefits and young people today just aren't motivated by benefits alone. And so I just wanna throw out a couple key research points that you might find in the report. So for example, research on youth perceptions of military life show that while many see the military as providing good benefits, many don't see the military as providing a job that makes them happy or an attractive lifestyle. Um, And then another one, just one other one is, when asked what makes for an attractive lifestyle, the youth participants reported a positive environment for families as an important component. Again, I think that this whole report is about why our families are so critical to readiness and retention of our force. Hope that answers your question, Susan
0: i find it very interesting as a army spouse i've been part of the army family for the last 26 years and so some of the things that you're sharing i'm just nodding my head in agreement virgil though as the action officer would you share what makes this report unique
2: hi susan Uh, again thank you for another great question you know, um, I, I think this is a unique report just for this simple piece that I, I think our Army families are unique. And you know, as I, as I think about the question and just reflecting on my own life, having grown up in an Army family myself, later here I am today in the Army and currently married to someone in the Army, I think there are a lot of things that Army families go through that are unique overall. And I think the two reasons which makes this report unique, and Laura mentioned it here earlier, is, is the first reason is that um, our team really gets after taking a a very good and holistic look at what our families go through. And what we mean by that are, you know, things that go through what we call the um, army family life cycle, such as uh, life at a home duty station, whether that's here in the United States or overseas, uh, such as deployments, such as uh, going through and experiencing a permanent change of station And I think through all of those different life experiences as Army families go through it is that these events bring a lot of um, things that can impact uh, our health, can impact us uh, spiritually, can impact us psychologically, um, and just the overall quality of life. So I I think that's the first piece to really recognize is that we really take a holistic view of our Army families. And the second reason is that I think what makes this report unique among other reports it was just mentioned here earlier is that we provide actionable recommendations, and and those actionable recommendations um, are going out to a, a very broad group of individuals, of people that we've identified as, uh, you know, our Army leadership, such as commanders, uh, our policymakers, our uh, researchers and scientists, but as well as folks like us, like me, uh, you know, fellow soldiers and, uh, you know, family members. And again, I I really think this report gets after um, getting at our quality of life of taking care of our most cherished and that's our army families. And then, you know, to take it a step further within the report, we've even broken it down to four uh, areas in terms of those actionable recommendations. The first being things that we define as critical and things that need to be done now, which are essentially uh, things that require low effort, but have great impact. The second being what we define as quick wins. So again, requiring low effort, with low impact, the third being critical and planned for, which has high impact with high effort, and our last area, which is uh, what we say is uh, not recommended, which requires high effort, but low impact.
0: Virgil, thank you so much for sharing that information. And I think everyone would agree that the military lifestyle, it's very unique. And oftentimes our family members are experiencing unique challenges while still supporting the mission of their service member. Teresa, as the scientific lead, what were some of the areas of focus when conducting this research and why were they considered important to explore? Thanks, Susan. So, before I
3: answer this question, specifically, I do just want to acknowledge the point that you made earlier that you were you know, nodding your head along with some of what Laura was saying. Um, I think a lot of ultimately what's communicated in this report is actually pretty intuitive. Um, I don't think that there are a lot of surprises in many ways, but I think 1 of the values that the report brings is that it ultimately does help to communicate some of the best available data and science behind these critical issues so that our Army families can ultimately get the support and resources that they so well deserve. So I just wanted to sort of, you know, address that um, before jumping into the meat of this question. And so, when we think about health, one of the things that we really wanted to make sure in this report was that we took a holistic focus. And so, what this means from our perspective is looking at health beyond the traditional definitions of physical and behavioral health diagnoses. A lot of times that's what people think of when they think of health. And So these factors, of course, are important, and we do include them in the report, but we also included areas like financial health and readiness. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, a sense of meaning and purpose as a military family, successful adjustment to military life, especially during periods of transition, like Virgil mentioned earlier. We look at things like access to quality healthcare, ensuring that our Army families live and are exposed to safe housing and installation environments, And we also look, um, when possible, at some of the different demographic characteristics that can ultimately affect all of these areas. So that's one unique aspect of this report. Another is that we've included a series of focused spotlights that highlight key issues of relevance, interest, and importance in the health of the Army family. And I think these are really interesting. These spotlights include topics like the unique stressors of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender soldiers and their families, the impact of COVID-19 and the pandemic on Army families, the effects of relocation on exceptional Army families, the needs of Army caregivers, and the unique experiences of female soldiers navigating having families of their own.
0: I find all of that fascinating and I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more on some of these spotlights that you mentioned from the report from the lens of our military connected children.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. So as we talked about a unique aspect is that we provide these quick one to two page spotlights. So they don't necessarily go into great depth in the research provided, but they provide sort of the high level findings along with the references for where people can go for more information. Um, So one spotlight that I highlighted from the lens of military connected children describes results from a project that we at APHC conducted for the Exceptional Family Member Program that helped us better understand the experiences Of exceptional Army families during PCS moves. So as you know, these families encounter some really unique stressors as they have to navigate finding the required educational and medical services at their new home duty station. And ultimately, this project found that about a third of EFMP families at the time of the survey reported that they were still unable to receive the needed medical or educational services after their most recent PCS. And so, we also saw in this project that as the amount of time to receive necessary services increased, the level of reported severity of the PCS move on the family also increased. And I think that this really helps to highlight the importance of this issue, that the longer it's taken to receive services, the more severe this move is and the more severe the impact it is having on the family. That's one example of something that we've highlighted in the report that we can hopefully help to action. Another spotlight that we provide, describes something I think that we've all been experiencing in the last two years, and that's the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on military families. And so this spotlight uh, describes the results of a collaborative project between us at APHC and some of our amazing colleagues at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. And what we found in this project, which surveyed more than 20,000 active duty soldiers, was that about half of soldiers reported a financial impact because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which we also saw in our civilian population. Additionally, though, about half of soldiers who have children living in their home reported that those children appeared to be experiencing some sort of emotional, behavioral, or other difficulties since the start of the pandemic. And moreover, um, at the time of this survey, About 60% of soldiers stated that their child's daycare had either closed or reduced their hours. So I think, you know, these were experiences that we were all going through during the pandemic. Um, But I think what we also saw that was particularly interesting and relevant was that was this association between the financial impacts, the difficulty coping within and among family members, and then ultimately the negative behavioral health concerns of our soldiers being more likely to screen positive for anxiety and depression during the pandemic if they were experiencing these challenges. So, again, I think that this is just a really important spotlight that showcases some of the military family experiences during the last couple of years.
0: Well, I agree. MSEC has also taken the initiative to focus on those two topics as well, particularly here in 2022 with behavioral health and with the transition issues that our EFMP families face are moving so constantly. What I appreciate about this report, though, is not only does it specify what is known, but also what is unknown about the health of the Army family. But it actually doesn't stop there. provides actionable steps to a multitude of audiences. Teresa, would you expand on this particular aspect and how this can have an impact on our future programs?
3: Yeah, thank you, Susan, so much. And I'll probably take the question kind of in two parts, if that's okay. So as you mentioned, um, there really is still a lot we don't know about Army Family Health. And in addition to that, a lot of what we do know hasn't necessarily been actioned. So, When we think about what we don't know, some key gaps in knowledge exist around Army family spiritual health, and also, as you were mentioning from a programming side, around what is effective or ineffective at improving the health and wellness um, outcomes in our population. Additionally, we don't know as much as we would like about the impacts of being in an austere or remote environment on family member health. And unfortunately, many national surveys that measure health, that could ultimately be outstanding sources of information for us, simply don't ask whether someone is part of a military family. So we can't do the types of analyses that we'd ultimately like to do to provide the most rich and robust report on this topic. So I think one thing that we've tried to do within the report that makes it unique um, is that we provide these specific actionable recommendations to a variety of stakeholder groups to assist us all in prioritizing what we can do to optimize the health of the Army family. And some of those actions are specific to filling these information gaps. So if you're a scientist or a researcher like me, we have lots of recommendations about the kind of work that we can do with the data that we have, or collecting new data to better understand the health of the Army family. But from a programming perspective, like you specifically asked, we also offer specific actionable recommendations for our program staff, our policymakers, and our Army senior leaders and soldiers and families. And so our goal with that was really to help each of these groups understand Um, how we can all get on the same page to, to best serve and support our Army families. And so through that, what we hope is that the readers ultimately gain a greater understanding of the major issues impacting the health of our Army families and how each of them in their role can again, support our family members. We know with certainty that families' experiences in the military influence whether or not a soldier will decide to stay active duty. And they also play a large role In shaping young people's decision to join the military. And so it's crucial that I think that we all take these specific targeted actions to optimize the health of our Army family.
0: I think it is very obvious from everyone's enthusiasm that this is so much more than a job for each of you. And what makes our podcast special are the stories that our guests are willing to share with our listeners. And Virgil, I think the ladies have nominated you for this particular question, but I would love to hear what has inspired you to take this path of service.
2: Hi, Susan. Again, thank you for a very thoughtful question. You know, as I um, as I think about this question and the meaning behind it, you know, and as I think about this also as a social worker, I just believe that people are important. As I think about the question as a soldier, but also as a uh, family member, I believe our soldiers and our families are important. And I also believe that they are the foundation of, of who we are. And, and, you know, it's even further shared just a little bit about myself personally. This is a part of my identity, um, being a first generation American, third generation soldier. First officer in my family. And uh, I just find it interesting that, you know, here we are today, you know, having grown up in an Army community and talking about this on a podcast and having the chance to continue to make a change for the good. And, you know, I can share with our listeners out there, I can very much appreciate and empathize what it feels like to deploy, to leave my spouse behind, my young child behind, and what it's like to uh, uproot and leave behind good friends moving from duty station to duty station. But also myself, when I was growing up as an Army child, you know, my dad being deployed, knowing what that's like to be left behind as well and all the um, experiences that go with that. So um, with all that being said, now that I'm, you know, we're talking about this here today and thinking of this also as an Army Behavior Health Officer, I can share that I think our team continues to do a terrific job with this report. And it just gets me thinking about all of my patients while I was deployed, all my soldiers um, and providing them psychological support, as well as my time at Walter Reed and porting our, uh, our young children and our military families. Those experiences for me really connect the dots in how much this report provides for all of us in further understanding and how we can continue to improve in supporting our army families. As I think about this question further and just also acknowledging that I am married to another social work officer, uh, Kelly Rivera, who's currently stationed at Walter Reed. Both of us, we actually, because we care so much about this area and and about our Army families, because, you know, we're one of them, (laughs) we attended the uh, Child and Family Fellowship. Um, I graduated this past summer from Walter Reed, and I, I think the program provides a very keen understanding, um, at least for me in the profession of clinical social work on the different challenges that our young children face and what they go through and how that can impact the family system as a whole, whether it be through a deployment or you know moving from uh, installation to installation, it really gets into the nuts and bolts of different things that we can do and we can provide within the clinical sense. But in the role that I'm in here today, I think those experiences from to Reed can be synthesized Uh, Even further here is process this report and continue to work at the uh, strategic level. And again, taking care of our most cherished, which is our Army families.
0: Absolutely. I agree. I think the source of our success as a military is that the families serve along with that service member. So thank you all for joining me today. I really appreciate your dedication to supporting our service members and their families. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. As we close out, I want to remind our listeners to check out the show's notes where we have links to the Army Public Health Center, the Army Health and Wellness Directorate, as well as information on the health of the Army Family Report and the most recent Health of the Force Report. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live a great story.